Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Good evening, beautiful souls, and welcome to tonight's episode of Enlightened Conversations. My name is Tammy Kirkness, and I am the newest host on this beautiful platform uh, going out live across the world to help people have more enlightened conversations and learn more about the world around them, the universe, and themselves as well. So tonight I am joined by a gorgeous soul by the name of Raul Angelic Messenger, and he will be joining us in just a moment. Uh, so let me... There we go. Ah! Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm fabulous. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Two thumbs Beautiful. up. Beautiful. <laughs> so let me introduce uh, tonight's guest who is actually an Enlightened Conversation host himself. Uh, so I am very grateful and heartened to have him on here with me tonight. Uh, Raul Angelic Messenger is from what I now know, a pretty incredible guy. He has taught, trained and healed on a global scale, which is pretty incredible. Uh, he's a psychic medium, questions to come. Uh, he is a spiritual healer, a certified angel card reader, a flower card therapy reader, and something called a quantum bioenergetics advanced facilitator. I am so intrigued and have so many questions. I cannot begin to start. Um, so the other cool things that I have learned about him is that he is an author. So he has written two books. One is a kid's book and one is uh, Destined for Adults. Oh, as he beautifully showed here. Uh, and I'll ask you some questions about those in a moment. Uh, and they are based surrounding his links with the angelic realm as well. Uh, and he has a beautiful card deck, which I think I might have to go and purchase shortly. There it is. Uh, and uh, this is the Guiding Star of Life card deck. So I cannot wait to ask you a bunch of questions about that as well. Uh, so please join me in welcoming the amazing Raul to this evening's chat. Thank you so much, Tammy, firstly, for inviting me to be part of your show, and secondly, for sharing the space with me here. Oh, my total pleasure. So to kick us off, I gave a little bit of a blurb about your bio, but maybe you could fill us in uh, a little bit more about your personal journey to get you to where you are today. Okay, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Um, when we arrived in Australia more than 30 years ago, my first job ever was at a hotel in Sydney and cleaning public toilets and vacuuming carpets. So from there I grew and four years later I was actually working not only in the housekeeping office but then I went to reception, then I went to open the Par Hyatt in Sydney in 1989. And in 1991, they flew me to Argentina to open the Parhide in Buenos Aires. So my international career in hotels started that way. Uh, I've opened hotels in Malaysia, in Singapore, for example, the Marina Bay Sands, Singapore, that building that it has three towers and it looks like a ship on top. Um, I did hotel openings in Macau, in Beijing, in uh, Shanghai, you name it probably I've been, and I've been extremely fortunate because I remember saying to my grandmother, I'm going to be a citizen of the world, and I did become a citizen of the world, but I never forgot where I came from. Uh, later on in my career, I became a trainer, and when I returned to Australia after doing all these sort of things with hotels, um, I've applied for a teaching job, and that first job 
actually um, the college or the university that I was working for, Swinburne University, sent me to do my teaching degree at Melbourne University, which, to my surprise, when I arrived there, the emblem of Melbourne University is an angel on flight. So I knew that I was it in is. the right place at the right time. And I spent in that university more than 11 years. I got four university degrees. In the year 2000, working for Victoria University, I was awarded the Vice Chancellor's Award for Teaching Excellence, which is truly the pinnacle of anyone's academic career. And I received that, and it was attached to silver medal, gold medals like the Olympics, and beautiful checks, and that took me to Paris, and I spent a month in Paris, dining in the Eiffel Tower, staying at the Ritz, you name it, I did it. And, um, but always the angels guiding me, and always the angels grounding me, because you know what time it, I never forgotten, and I can still do it today. I can still clean a toilet to the best of my abilities, but I can also be an academic, <laughs> and I can also be and a spiritualist, and I can also write books, but I can also go and help anyone in any way, shape, or form that I can, without forgetting where you came from. Because many people put themselves into this sort of pedestal, and, uh, and I'm always from beginnings, you can reach the highest of high, and you can still keep going. And to my surprise, the other day, Shaktu should not know Somebody was searching on how to buy my deck of cards. And I ended up finding out that Guiding Star Flight is actually listed in the National Australian Library. So, <gasps> it doesn't get any better than that. Amazing! Oh my gosh, I just adore that story. Congratulations, so, that's an amazing journey. Thank you. So from cleaning toilets to being listed at the National Library of Australia, it's kind of like um, talk about surreal, but also talk about angels at play. And don't believe that my life was all in the up and up. There were highs and there were lows, and at times there were really lows, uh, where I had everything and then I lost it all, and I had to rebuild myself. And... Uh, but that's something that I always believe in what I have to share. And I always believe in what I can do for others. Um, because it's, I'm a strong believer that what goes around comes around. So you might as well send love. Because the more love that you send, the more love is going to return to you. And that exchange of energy sometimes is in the form of money or sometimes it's in the form of, I don't know how my cars are listed at the National Library of Australia. So. <laughs> I have a question surrounding that. So for those who are watching that I haven't met before, I run a life coaching practice uh, here in Sydney, Australia, and I specialise in working uh, particularly with people who have high-functioning anxiety, who uh, are at risk of burnout or who are already there, and use similar to what Raul was just saying, a mix of the spiritual, the woo-woo, the hippy-dippy, and the traditional quite grounded methodology as well. Mm -hmm. And when you were just saying then about, you, you know, you get back what you give out, you may as well just send love. Sometimes I think in practice for both my clients and for myself, that's really hard. Like, how do you work with that practically, day-to-day, -day, just send love? Um, it's not an easy task for mere mortals, but the idea is to realise that we all have a divine life pathway. And sometimes even people that you may not like, and I am not like everybody, and I do not like everybody, um, they have something to actually share with you. They have something of value. And sometimes that gift is not shown. You probably <clears throat> undo the ribbon and open up that gift in hindsight. But there's always our souls have encountered for a reason. And sometimes, you know, the old saying, you meet somebody uh, for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. 
And, and it's important that we embrace that. And it's also important that a good friend, Lisa, that she might be watching this now or later on on replay, um, remind <laughs> me that she lives in Sydney. And Lisa said to me, you know what, Raul? Everything and everyone has expiry dates. So we might as well get used to that because we buy a carton of milk and it will expire. And we have a relationship and it may expire. And also, from the minute that we're born, we know that we're going to expire. So when we embrace that, and when we realize that we are so living a human experience, and we are giving ourselves a break to realize that, you know what, some days I'm going to have a pity party, and I'm okay with that, so long as I don't remain the whole month in that pity party. Because many people talk about being positive, and I'm sure that you talk in your in your courses, in your coaching about being positive. But to me, Tammy, being positive is realizing that I'm having a shitty day. And that's positivity. When you acknowledge, when you live it, when you walk and you work through it, you don't stay there. Yeah, I agree. And it's a way that it has been explained to me in the past that I find it quite helpful is that that our feelings and emotions are like a pendulum and it sort of swings this way. And if we don't acknowledge all of the negative emotions, the guilt, the shame, um, the remorse, all of these things, there's not enough power and energy for the, the pendulum to be able to swing, to really feel those positive feelings of joy and bliss and all of the good juju as well, you know? So I, I, I hear you. Totally agree. Yeah. But it's the also, idea of sorry. Think... Yeah, sorry. People sometimes expect us to be um, rainbows and unicorns. And although I love them and I believe in them, uh, as a soul living a human experience, <laughs> we need to be grounded down here on earth. We live in a society. We live in a place where people may not share our spiritual beliefs. And you know what? It is okay. Uh, by the same token, um, I don't need to justify my spiritual beliefs to somebody else. I may agree or disagree, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny, I, um, I run meditation classes down here and um, at the beginning of the class, I always say, you know, tell us your name and just one word to sum up how you're feeling. And I'll always include myself when we go around as well. And often people will be surprised if I say, you know, I'm Tammy and I'm feeling meh. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I agree. It's the same. No matter what field you're in, no matter how much personal development, spiritual path and all of that, we're still human, you know? <laughs> And allow yourself to be one. Allow yourself to be human. Because sometimes, and we're having the unenlightened conversations, but sometimes people think that enlightenment is about just only that spiritual growth, constantly evolving and moving upwards. And they usually say, okay, come down here because we're still down here on earth. Uh, once we expire in this physical form, then we will go into that ascension and maybe the soul will come back or you move on to do further things. But in the meantime, um, yeah, just let go of the helium balloon and come down the, back down to Earth. <laughs> um, and while you were talking, a question has come through from Lauren saying, where do we draw the strength to swing the pendulum from the guilt and the shame over to that positive side? So what I understand is that when we truly acknowledge that feeling and allow ourselves to really feel it, feel that emotion and not squash it down or put it to the side, that that allows the power of that pendulum to be able to be boosted, get some energy to swing over to the, the positive side as well. Do you agree? Yes, for those... For people that probably are there, perhaps um, read my Angel Connection, which is my first publication, my first book. There's a story there where I've actually talked about having it all and losing it all. 
but the idea is not to remain rock bottom. The idea is to say, okay, I'm down here now. How am I going to rebuild myself? Because when negativity takes hold, find something that will spark your inner life. And to me, um, in the darkest of moments, finding that pile of light that almost extinguished was to write. And I wrote in a beautiful journal. And that gave me the power to say, well, I'm not sure whether this is going to be published, if anyone will pick it up and publish it. But I just have that sense that I need to do it. And talking to my angels yeah. and talking to Archangel Michael, saying to me, well, you know what, Raul, if you help one person with what you've written, job well done. The rest will actually take care of itself. So I never intended to become an author. And although I touched base with different, with different publishing houses, it wasn't until somehow angelic synchronicity and white light publishing house came along. And, uh, and I knew that it was the right place and the right time for me. And, and I'm still going with them. I'm working on another second book, uh, a second children's book. That is a story that my oh. grandmother used to tell me. Awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. And I think I, I am in the midst of um, going down that publishing path as well. And I have found that it's brought up all my stuff. <laughs> Just... You know, I actually found that the writing of the book, not the hard part, it's been more to stow, uh, the the getting it out there, putting it in front of people, allowing people to hear the story and react however they want to react, you know. Yeah. Um, what, what advice would you give to people, me, <laughs> who are going down that path of you know, putting things out into the world, whether it's, a, whether it's a book, whether it's art, whatever it is that they're sort of putting out there and holding space for themselves to be able to do that. Firstly, allow whatever is taking place uh, in a creative way to truly flow. And what I usually say to people is get out of the way. What do I mean by getting out of the way is... Um, Put your negative ego aside, and I'm saying negative ego because the word ego has been bashed around, and I actually subscribe to the word ego because ego is what allows me to be an individual. Ego is what allows me to be unique. Ego is actually what gives me a personality. However, the negative mm -hmm. side of ego is what actually tells me I'm better than somebody else, and look at me, look at me. That's the negative side of ego. So when you get yourself out of the way and you don't think, who am I to become an author? Well, don't think about becoming an author. Don't write a book because you want to be a millionaire. Write it with the thinking of, what if I help somebody else? And who will be the person that will remember from it? And as you're writing, answer those questions. What if I'm reading this? What will be a question that will crop up that a reader will never be able to ask you, but you need to be able to answer within those pages. And as you are going through that process, you realize that the book is just, just flowing and there's nothing that you have to do. Simply becomes automatic writing. And I'm saying automatic writing because I'm old school, yes? I write on pen first <laughs> and then I go into the computer. But it's the idea of truly Stepping out of the way and simply allow it. However, allow me to say this. If you are thinking of writing a book to make money, pop on wrong area. Because money is a source of exchange and exchange of energy is a byproduct of something beautiful. So it needs to come from a place of mind, body and soul. That, that holy trinity that I hold dear. When you do it from that space, then and only then it will be real. And it took us, my dear friend, Sonia Daru and I, to create these cards two years. And I said to Sonia, you know what? I don't want to have 20 deck of cards. I want to have the one deck that's going to be spectacular. And I knew my concept. I knew 
that nobody else had it. This is five decks in one because you can use it all together and you can subdivide them into dozens amongst many other things in there. So I knew that it was unique. It was individual and it was, there was a niche in the market and it will make an impact. How big of an impact? I never imagined. I'm receiving daily messages from people that I don't know, which is flabbergasting because you think, my goodness, I never knew two psychics from London that are on Sky News. They were using cards and I don't know them. And they send me a message saying, hey, we bought them and we love them and we're using them. So when um, you come from a place of being true to yourself, the rest follows. I think that's uh, amazing timing for me to hear as well in that I've recently, in the way that the universe does, kind of throws things at you until you listen. I've recently been getting a lot of um, indications and messages of the importance of coming from a place of service. And it's interesting because of the work that I do, uh, I think a lot of people would, would assume that that's a really natural place to come from. But I know that for me it's been a bit of a kind of a push and pull kind of journey because it's exciting. Like I just adore this work and so it's really easy to for me anyway to get wrapped up in the and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'll publish that and won't that be exciting for me <laughs> and so it's it's all and it may be a lifelong journey for me to be honest that the push pull of saying well how does this best serve the, the planet and um, the client whoever it is and how do I make it work in a way that I'm happy as well you know and I find that I'm just not entirely there yet there are some things I'm absolutely on point aligned service-based service work service it's easy don't have to think about it but the rest a bit of a push pull what do you think of that uh, that happens to all of us and you know what I mean life is for the living and as we keep on progressing we're never totally going to align because there's always something that we're striving towards. There's always something new to learn. There's always something that we will achieve and then we're saying, okay, what is next now? And that's truly human nature. So if we acknowledge yeah. that we're going to continue moving forward because otherwise, I don't know, have a look at what, I, I'm much older than you are, but when I was growing up, I used to watch The Jetsons. And the Jetsons used to be on, they used to be on travelators. Now travelators are everywhere. They're on shopping centers, they are airports. And that was kind of like mm. the future. The future is here. But the future is for those that they truly dare to imagine. Um, if you have a look at a series by uh, Jim Roddenberry that created Star Trek, and they were using tablets. Now we're using tablets. We've got one here. I've got one in front of me that I'm talking to you. So you know what? <laughs> the future is now, and we can actually imagine and make it. I encourage everybody that I know, and I don't know whether you have done it, but I have done it. Create a vision board and make that your, your wildest dreams. Because years ago, probably 2007, I created a vision board where I saw myself in a beautiful tropical island with a beautiful white yacht. I saw myself at the Atlantis Hotel in Dubai. Well, seven years later, I'm working for a company that I am in the middle of the Indian Ocean in the Maldives, a beautiful resort. I've got a yacht to my disposal and that company takes me to a conference in Dubai. And I'm there at the Atlantis. And my partner at the time sends me a picture saying, hey, do you remember this vision board? And there I was, everything to be imagined, or that I saw myself doing, I've actually manifested. But when I talk about manifestation here, it's not about hoping that somebody from above is going to drop it on my lap. 
is listening to the guidance and then grabbing every opportunity that came my way and going with it because it resonated. And because it resonated, I made it happen. That's amazing. I am a, a very, very big fan of the vision board concept. I have a, a few stories of my own where that all kind of came to fruition and they're incredible. If anybody's watching uh, doesn't currently have a vision board, I absolutely recommend it. The way that I do mine, and you can share yours in a second, is that I split mine up into a quadrants and I theme each of the quadrants to make sure that I don't accidentally fall out of balance somehow. So I'll generally have a health and wellbeing quadrant. I will have a lifestyle quadrant. So that's yeah. where uh, your swanky cars and holidays and beautiful things that you want in your world go. Um, I've got a money, education, career, business component as well. Then I've had a blank for the other one. It's up behind here. Spirituality. <laughs> of course. Um, so if you theme them that way, I find that it's easier to remember, oh, yeah, don't have anything in there for spirituality or money. Would love some of that, you know, that sort of example. How do you do your drill? Um, one thing that I have now that I don't do vision boards anymore on, uh, on a cardboard and on paper, I've got an application uh, and people can actually download that on their iPhones. It's called Wishboard. And you can actually use oh. your own pictures and you can write messages. So you can use those no. vision boards and put them as a wallpaper on your cell phone. So you always, every time that you touch your phone, the vision board is there. So you can always see them. So nowadays you don't need to cut pictures from a magazine. You got your own pictures and you do it on your tablet or your phone. Oh, cool! I must say I'm old school. I my vision board is right up there, and I I find that the process of picking up the magazines, of cutting them out, of physically arranging them for me brings me more clarity as I'm going through that process. Uh, yes, I do agree, but also um, I guess that I mentioned that because we're dealing with a, a, a new generation coming behind us that they're really afraid yes. with technology, so um, the availability is there, so you can take the, the option of electronic vision board and you can do it the old-fashioned way. I wanted to I wanted to switch gears a little bit because one of the things that I was really keen to chat to you about tonight is your ability to interact with the angelic realms and the excitement and curiosity that that comes with that. Maybe you could give us all a bit of an overview of what that actually looks like in practice for you to do that. Uh, in practice, if I've actually tuned in and I connect with the angels because they're constantly talking to me and they're constantly showing me pictures, but... At times, I just have to say, okay, I'm doing other things, so uh, let's switch off and, uh, and let's focus on what I need to do now. Otherwise, it's a constant bombardment. But the idea is that they talk to me in my ear and they give me messages. And if I'm tuning in into somebody's energy, um, I just tell you what's actually going on in your life. And people say, how did you know that? And I said, even when people make a booking to see me, I said, don't tell me your surname. I don't want to know. I just want your first name because I don't want wow. to think people that I'm trolling them on Facebook to find out information. I know nothing about the person. So that way, whatever yeah. I give them is a reality for them. I don't know them from about soul. So my connection is truly fluent. I just open up the channel and they just start giving me the information and going through it. The same is when I'm painting, the same is when I'm writing, when I created the cards. And believe it or not, Tammy, it may sound a little bit uh, weird or at myself. I'm surprised when I use my own cards, the messages that I'm getting. And last time I was talking to somebody, I said, my God, and I wrote this? Because when you're going through the process, you don't realize what's actually happening. 
And when you are doing a yeah. reading, suddenly all this is happening and, and the messages are coming through and you think, I can't even remember writing that, but I did. And it's all about you getting yourself out of the way and allowing the fluidity of the messages without judgment and without second guessing. And that takes a little while, but because I was talking to them since I was eight years old, when you are that young, you never put a barrier. And my yeah. grandmother believed in angels and so did my mother. And the conversation was fluid with them and they never told me that I was bonkers. They actually encouraged me. They did discourage me from talking outside home because in those days society probably were not ready to what I have to share. But beyond that, uh, I was always encouraged. Um, but at times the angels as well will give me what I call the feather, the brick of the semi-trailer. The feather is they send you a message with a little feather and you say, oh yeah, how lovely, and you pay no attention. Then they throw you a brick and you go, ouch, what was that? And you said, okay, I'm just going to put that aside. I'll look after that later. And then they send you a semi-trailer to say, here, pay attention now. And that's when you realize, okay, I need to focus on this because that's what they actually want you to do. And that's the process that I've taken with everything that I do. Um, I didn't know that I could actually paint until this year for my 54th birthday. We went to a place place that is called in Melbourne that is now in Sydney, Cork and Camp, and bring your own wine and nibbles, and there's an artist in a gallery that shows you how to show. So I ended up that I actually, my soul sang, and painting, and now I've been commissioned by a school to do five paintings for a fundraiser, which it blew my mind, because I just think, well, I don't consider myself an artist. I consider somebody that has an ability to paint and is allowing himself and his soul to see through that without judgment and simply just allowing yeah. the brush to go where it needs to go uh, without the idea of, I'm making this to be sold. No, not really. Um, even the paintings that I'm making for this school, I said, I don't want any money. The only thing is you buy me the canvas and the paint, I will paint them, donate the work, and get yeah. the money for the fundraiser. Oh, good for you. I, um, I have read a lot about um, the signs and kind of calling cards of angels, and I've heard that um, a white feather is a big one. Do you believe that as well? Yes. Um, the white feathers... And sometimes when people see a black feather and they freak out because they said, oh my God, this is negativity. The black feather is actually a beautiful feather to get because it's about new changes, new things, changes are rumbling and things are positive and you're moving forward. So if you see the black feather, mm. don't freak out, just pick it up and acknowledge and say, thank you, I got a message. Things are changing for the better. Uh, but also to me, something that was quite prominent is butterflies. That idea not only of transformation, but before my mother passed away, she said to me, Raul, every time that you see a butterfly, it will bring a beautiful message from me to you. And I can tell you, Tammy, mm -hmm. in every graduation that I had at university, there was always a white butterfly flying around where I was. Um, I was oh. one day in a country where it was snowing, and I was sent there by the Australian government to teach at a university there. And a black and white butterfly circled me and I, I was looking for a witness to say, can you see what I'm seeing? And it was real. <laughs> uh, and like that, the, the, the launch of my first book, A White Butterfly, because it was outdoor, A White Butterfly flew between the audience and me. And people in the audience that knew me said, did you see that, Raul? And I said, yes. And I said, thank you, ma'am. My mother's name in Spanish was Blanca, and Blanca means white. So that white butterfly going across, it was her saying, I'm here. I'm at your book launch. I'm acknowledging the beauty.
Oh, oh, that's such a nice story. So nice. Um, one crazy thing that happened tonight when I was um setting this up for tonight, I had to move the couch that I'm sitting on a little bit, and you'll never guess. How crazy like is that? White feather just came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's a, it's Incredible. In particularly for you, the message there, Tammy, is not only of purity, the purity of your soul, but the idea that they're giving you the white feather to say, keep on moving forward and don't put any self-doubts in your pathway because self-doubts is what actually stops you. So when you see a self-doubt, keep that white feather, take a picture. Take a picture of your hand with a white feather on it to remind you that that was a message from the angels to you saying, keep on pushing forward because obstacles are only there to test you to see whether you are really made of the good strength to keep on going for the aim. Because you know what? If it's really simple, you're never going to appreciate it. When it's a little bit hard is when you put the extra effort and you realize, no, 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 I really want this. And you know what? I'm going to jump over the fence. I'm going to go underneath the fence. I'm going to drill a hole in the wall and go through it. Or I'm going to go on the side. But you're going to find a way. The idea is don't give up, don't give in, and keep on moving forward. Oh, it's even more special now. Thank you. Correct. How lovely is that? <laughs> That's so nice. I um, I I saw that you're a, a certified angel card reader, and earlier this year, I did the um, I did the same course essentially. And one of the gorgeous women, Louisa, who is watching as well, did it at the same time with me too. Um, and I think. The, the course is totally amazing, but then the practice is something else. So it's not something that I use as a tool one-on-one -on -one with my clients so far, uh, but I find it is an amazing personal practice when I'm feeling a bit unsure about something, I need a, a bit more clarity, I, almost, I need a bit of a sign that I, I pull out my card decks and choose which one feels good and then ask my question and it's always bang on, totally spot on. So how do you use cards of any description? So your card deck, somebody else's card deck, when you're doing it from a personal perspective? Okay, my card deck, what it actually allows you is that you're actually connecting with each card because I've actually put uh, on the booklet that is actually within the, the card deck that I produce. Um, inside, not only every booklet has a personalized dedication because you get my signature in it. So every booklet can actually um, But also it that allows you to do, um, to infuse every card with your own imprint, yes? So you got the instructions there and how to actually do that. So it becomes your own. But also, I give you the extra information, but something that was different. I didn't want the book to be cast aside because that's what everybody does with a deck of cards. Forget about the book, they put it aside. In this case, I gave out of every quadrant that I was talking about the, the love, abundance, faith, and purpose, you actually got areas where you can write about how that card makes you feel. What does it mean to you? What do you see on the card? So if I was saying to you that I gave you five decks in one, now you're creating your own deck. That deck becomes individual to you, what it means to you. That's the difference. You're no longer relying on what the person wrote on the booklet. You are creating your own booklet because each card actually has an area for you to write. So in that sense, it's different. The other difference is that you get the guidance card and you can side about, you see what belongs in abundance, what belongs in faith, what's on purpose and what's on love. So if you shuffle them all together, you get what you get. But if you want to concentrate on love, it's a 44 deck. So each quadrant has 11 cards. A leading mm. card of love followed by another 10, so that forms 11. 
So that's what is called the guideline because she got 11 stars per quadrant. And this allows you for yourself or read for others. When you did your course and I did mine, not everybody needs to become a reader. Uh, it's a skill that sometimes you need to be guided to use it just for yourself or for your friends or for your family. I was guided to actually continue with that. I was guided to do all the things that I'm doing as you were guided to do what you do. And although you may not be using the cards or the readings with a client, what you're actually doing is you are using them for yourself and the learning that takes place for you is what you're actually utilizing with your clients. Oh, I love that. And I think that's really fascinating for the average person as well. So, you know, some people watching aren't necessarily going to be in, in a healing modality themselves. And so I think that concept that as they're utilising the card deck, they're growing their vibration and they're learning as they go. So if they're going into their accounting firm, the legal practice, wherever it is, that they're taking those lessons in an empowered way and placing them in the exact places that needs to occur for them. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like it. I just drew a card for you because I was guided to do so. Oh, heaven! What is it? So, courage. <gasps> oh, love okay. that. And... I'll read what it says here. I wrote, even in your darkest moments, find the courage to shine your inner light. Your inner light is bright, but at times when you are facing challenges, it's kind of like you retreat. And what they're saying, Tammy, is remember that saying, beauty is in the eye of a beholder? See this butterfly? It's not mm. fully colored. So you don't need to be fully colored. Color as you're going along and be happy with that. Be happy that part of your wings are yet to be colored because if you were fully colored, then you're done. There's not much else to do. And the idea that you are not yet colored is what actually keeps you, is your driving force. Is your saying, well, maybe here I'm going to put another color now. And I'm not going to continue with the sequence. I'm just going to color in a different way. And that's the beauty of courage. That idea that we don't need to be in a courageous situation and save somebody's life to be courageous. It's feeling courageous in order to move forward in your divine light pathway, understanding that what is going to drive you forward is not to be the same as everybody else, is to be uniquely Tammy. And uniquely Tammy means that you're not fully colored. Oh, that is so relevant. <laughs> you have absolutely nailed it, my goodness. I, um, so part of the the clients that I work with, uh, I specialize in working with perfectionists and I still refer to myself as a recovering perfectionist. You know, I believe that perfectionism is a thing that you don't necessarily get rid of. It's something that you manage. And that is so accurate, that thought that we don't necessarily need to be all colored in to present ourselves to the world. I Correct. just adore that. <laughs> Thank Remember, you. That's gorgeous. Please, well, I'll, I will take a picture and I will send it to you later so to remind you. Oh, thank you. I'll put it as the backdrop of my phone. That's so lovely. Beautiful. I like Beautiful. that. Um, the, uh, have you heard of the amazing uh, social researcher Brene Brown? Yes. Yeah, she has that incredible TED talk on vulnerability and another one on shame. And she has this beautiful sentence in one of her books where she says, courage takes couraging. Yes. You have to give it a go to yes. be able to get it. Yes. And yes. I, 
I feel like that's so relevant. Um, you were talking about being a perfectionist. And to, uh, uh, as an educator, as a teacher of teachers, I will say to you and to everybody out there uh, listening or watching, the definition of a perfectionist is to understand imperfection. Because when we actually understand that, then we can actually work towards areas to improve upon. Yes? Nothing is actually mm. fully colored. So if it's not fully colored, we can still work on it. When we look at yeah. the imperfection of something, it's when we are perfectionists because we're trying to get better. So don't, don't deny the perfections in you. Simply allow the imperfection in you to rise up and to match it. So funny. One of the, um, the techniques I often tell clients who are also in a similar category of perfectionism is I'll say, um, choose a friend who is absolutely not a perfectionist, polar opposite, and do a bit of a, what would they do in this situation? And the girlfriend that I always use is my my comparison her name is lucia and um she she is so imperfect in so many things that she does that it is so beautiful it's just you know if she makes a platter of food for a party it's some kind of mess that she's thrown together and it's gorgeous because there was no freak out in the process and it's just the, the beauty that comes out of that imperfection is something that it strikes me every time and I, I really aspire to get a bit of that in here, you know? <laughs> and it's the idea of doing exactly that. Um, allow your imperfection mm. to rise and to match it. And when you do that, you realise that, well, like my grandmother used to say to me, my late grandmother, um, she used to say to me, Raul, what people think of you is, not, is none of your business. Don't make it yours. And whoever doesn't like you, they can go jump. And if you're doing something in order to receive validation, then there's something that you need to think about. Um, validation only comes yeah. from you doing the best that you can and then getting out of the way and letting it go, knowing that you did everything possible to achieve an excellent outcome. Because excellence is something that I value. But excellent doesn't mean yeah. that it needs to be perfect. Because by definition, I am not. Exactly. And... Um... It's so funny that all of this has come up tonight. Um, I am I'm running a, a workshop in Sydney called Managing Perfectionism, <laughs> uh, and it's it's a freebie. So if people are around, I'll pop the link in um, after this. But it's in Surrey Hills, and it's funny. I mentioned to Michelle Lightworker the other day that whenever I in creating something, the universe stirs it all up as much as possible so I can <laughs> truly embody it <laughs> so then I can teach it in a, 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 a way that has uh, more compassion and realness to it. So it's so funny that that's come up tonight. <laughs> I'm going to have to um, come and pay you a visit because I'm moving back to Sydney in June. So I'll, I'll come and say hi. Ah, so great. So great. Um, are you going to be setting up shop here in Sydney permanently? Yes, yes. So, yeah. Uh, slowly but surely we'll, uh, we'll get there. But uh, the first step is moving back and nice and then the rest will uh, just flow. Yeah? So awesome. 
so awesome. Um, the other thing that has been a bit of a, a theme this week for my clients anyway is the concept of limiting self-belief and how they pop up often when you least expect it and, and often act as that nasty, mean girl voice, mean boy voice, and they constrict you in a way that just gets you like nothing else kind of does. What's your experience with working with people to help them move through their limiting self-beliefs? A simple exercise that I give to people that I work with and even to student teachers. Um, firstly, meditate. A daily practice of meditation, it actually allows you to center yourself and to really listen to your inner guidance. But if you get that nagging mm. voice of the, the little uh, person on the shoulder, the mean boy or mean girl that you were talking about, I would say to people, simply put your right hand on your heart chakra and breathe in deeply three times. And then ask the question, is this right or is this wrong for me? And the answer will astonish you. Mm. But you need to really simply breathe and let it out and then listen to your heart because it will speak to you. And that voice will move away because you are actually clearing the pathway. And as you clear the pathway, the answer will be clear to you. Oh, I love that. Something that I learned... Uh, only a couple of weeks ago from a kinesiologist that I see here, um, is she, she taught me this technique that possibly it's more well-known than I thought, but I hadn't heard of it before, where you stand upright and you say to your body, show me yes, and that moves the body forward, and then show me no, and that moves the body backwards. And we were talking about it with regards to what foods are going to be good for us to eat or choose decision A or choose decision B. But maybe that kinesiology technique can be utilised with limiting self-beliefs and the nasty voice here to say, is this accurate, yes or no? You can do what they call as well muscle testing, putting your fingers like so. Yes, and that's yes or that's no, depending yes. on what the question is. Um, another thing, particularly you were talking about nutrition and food, something that was taught to me many years ago is select the best fruit and vegetables. And the idea is to uh, energize your hand chakras. And then when you go to the Ooh. fruit shop, uh, simply do this and then allow the hands to just guide you. Feel the energy because when you open the hand chakras, you feel the yeah. energy of that fruit or that vegetable. And when you've got, a, I don't know, a pile of them, don't just pick them. Go and sense which one you're actually, you feel the pull. And when you feel the pull, grab that fruit, put it in your basket. Otherwise, don't. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to be at Coles and Woolworths doing this like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, well, we naturally but you know, I do that. at a um, little shop. Yeah, I, good I, on, yeah, God I bless think, him. Yeah. I, I tend to go to, nowadays, I try to go to um, organic food stores, yes, where you actually get yeah, nice. fruit that will resonate with me much more than what you get at cold supermarkets. Yeah, yeah, look, I, it's, However, it's something that I... That, Go so on. Having said that, there's nothing wrong with going to Coles or Woolies and still doing... I do it, and people may look at me like I'm loopy. It doesn't really matter, because at the end of the day, I'm going to be eating that. So I want to make sure that it resonates. <laughs> Love that. One of, uh, one of my favourite quotes from Deepak Chopra uh, is, is he says something similar to, it's better to eat a piece of chocolate cake which you're throwing love and joy and all of this good stuff into it, so grateful you get to eat it, rather than having a salad in front of you that you abhor, don't want to have it, you 
you're throwing shame, guilt, all of that stuff in and eating those vibes. So I love that. Yes. Um, for the viewers out there or the listeners, important whatever you're going to eat, bless it and ask either the angels, creator, God, goddess to bless your food. Put your hands over the food and send that blessed energy. My issue, I always say to my GP, if you're going to tell me that I cannot have a piece of chocolate cake, we are going to have trouble. But having said that, honey, I don't need to eat the whole cake. A slice of the cake will be good enough for me because the rest of the cake will taste the same. But if I eat the whole cake, it's not going to be all that good for my body either. And if I'm going yeah, to eat a salad, absolutely. I'm going to eat a salad because it really <laughs> resonates for me to eat the salad. And you know what? Life is for yeah. believing. So if you're going to have a slice of pizza, have it and enjoy it. But don't make it a habit of having pizza every night. Agreed. I also don't want to be friends with a GP that tells me not to eat cake. That just would not work over here. <laughs> No, not for me. <laughs> um, so as we start to wrap up a little bit, tell everybody that's watching a little bit about um, how they can get in touch with you, what are the services that you offer, and how can you help everybody out there? Okay. If they would like to get in touch with me, the easiest way is to actually send me a friend request on Facebook, uh, Raul Angelic Messenger, or uh, if they would like to um, friend me as an author, Raul Estevez author, and then they can actually see all the work that I have done with my cards, my books, and so forth. How do I help people in many different ways? Uh, I am a trained educator. I've done psychology at university, so I can actually counsel people, but I can also help them with an angel card reading. Or I can do quantum bioenergetics, which is a balancing technique, I will compare it with Reiki, but without being in contact with the person. I don't touch you. And I just truly just move the energy from me to you using quantum energy. Um, I can do all of those online with, uh, via Messenger or via Skype. I got clients in Perth, in Western Australia. I got clients in Adelaide. I got clients in the Northern Territory. So we are not restricted by geography. I've also seen people face to face. No. So it really depends. At the moment, I'm in Melbourne, but in about eight weeks, I'm going to be in Sydney. So um, people will benefit from seeing me in person or sometimes via the social media or whatever else is actually available that I make myself available to people. One thing that I usually say to people is that if you come for a reading with me, it's not about taking the money and running. With me, once I finish the reading, I will send you pictures, you can record it, you can text me later. I will not be answering telephone calls, but you can text me and ask me questions two weeks later, three weeks later, however long, because it's all about being true to what you offer. And when you do a service, the service doesn't just finish because there was an exchange of money for a service. To me, it's quite important that that cycle remains always open. So anyone that gets involved with me, i got clients that I've been seeing them for the last four or five years. And not only no. they became clients, they became friends, but they're repetitive clients. And why do I have repetitive clients? It's because not only I am speaking the truth, but also because they see value in what I have to offer. Awesome. Awesome. And people can read your books and your cards. Correct. So, <laughs> and I recommend that you go first for my Angels Connections, which is available through Wildlife Banking House. For your inner child or the children in your life, my little angels talk to me, gorgeous little handle, I'm encouraging kids to go outside under a tree and you're going to find little angels like Angelique with a little story or you will find Archangel Raphael or you may find ah. Chirpy. 
and not the back. Little kids can actually go and color them in. And they paste oh, it and they move it and put it on the fridge. And of course, the awesome. latest creation is guiding style of life, inspirational cards, and yeah, they're available. Well, just go to my author's page or go to Raul Estevez, author or angelic messenger, and you will see links there. And um, happy to oblige if anyone awesome. would like to buy it. Awesome. So um, the stuff that's going on in my world uh, is that coming up in the end of May here in Sydney, I am running a workshop called the Treasure Love Trust Series, and it's the second year I've run it, and it's women only, I'm afraid, uh, and it helps women to learn to better treasure themselves, love themselves, and trust themselves more than they ever thought possible. And um, I currently on my website, which is www.visioncoaching.com, uh, there is a free guide to for people who have high-functioning anxiety to download and learn some day-to-day -day management techniques for that as well. Um, so check us both out on uh, Facebook. I'm also on Instagram under Vision Scope Coaching. Uh, and if you have any questions, reach out on Facebook um, to both of us. And it's been such a pleasure, Raul. I feel very blessed and very humbled that you wanted to come on and have a chat together this evening. Thank you so much for inviting me, Tammy. Wishing you all the best. Remember, courage. And as I always say to everybody, please remember, believe in angels because they do believe in you. Thank you. Oh, gorgeous. Lovely way to end. Bye-bye. Thanks, Raul. Thank you.